Morning. I'm Anita Horgarth. Buck melanoma. Molly Russell's wart. Not her wart. Not her wart. I'm I'm the wart. She's my tumor. My my growth. My uh, my pimple. I'm Uncle Wart. Just old Buck Wart Russell. That's what they call me. Or uh, melanoma head. They'll call me that. Melanoma head's coming. Nerd stalking. Nerds talking. Nerds stalking. Oh, how those nerds can talk. Hello and welcome to Nerd Stalking. I'm Bill. And I'm Chad. And together we're nerd stalking. <laughs> I was going to say we're Bill and Chad. <laughs> and uh, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning into our podcast. Although you don't really tune into a podcast, you click on. It's all those people with CB radios that are checking in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Break a breaker, Niner Diner. We got a. We, we got, got a smoky sm- coming up the back door, <laughs> and we got the pedal to the metal, and we're five by five. <laughs> I saw Smokey and the Bandit when I was a kid. Oh, I saw it. I don't know how many times. With good old, uh, wasn't Lou Reed. What is that guy's name? Burt Reynolds? Jerry Reed. Oh, Jerry Reed. Was his buddy driving. Speaking see back, back to country music. Yeah, exactly. She got the gold mine. I got the shaft. They split it right down the middle. She got the better half. That was a big <laughs> hit for him. Yeah, that's pretty good. Jackie Gleason? Wasn't that, like, is that Jackie oh, yeah. Gleason's last film? No, I think Jackie Gleason's last the film too. was, exactly, <laughs> where they have the elephant. They're shipping the elephant. Remember that? I don't know. I might have only seen that once. That was probably a Burford Theater film. It's like, there's the only thing playing. There's no VCRs. We got three channels on the television. We're going to see Smokey and the Bandit Part 2. <laughs> yeah, I think Jackie Gleason's last film was, he did one with Tom Hanks, where it was, oh, he was right. his father and passed away. Uh, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Sad one. Nothing in Common, wasn't that called? Something like that? This is taking a turn for... <laughs> Sadness. Well, it's uh, kind of as apropos because uh, this episode we're going to be talking about a really great Canadian comedy actor who's, I miss him all the time. Either um, I see one of his movies or I see an interview or I see one of the other cast members of SCTV. And I always think of how much I really miss that John Candy's not around anymore because he was, by all uh, record, he's was a great guy. Everybody really loved him. and He was know. like the essence of comedy like yeah. he wasn't a shtick guy he didn't have like lines yeah he didn't have gimmicky snarky comments he was just right. himself right yeah a genuine guy really genuine on film i'll uh, just tell people too that we're up on my palatial rooftop up on you the might, roof you might hear some uh you might hear some uh extraneous Hawks. noise i think i hear the wind blowing in your mic i should have put baffles on the mics but, uh, there's vultures so there's circling a, us. There's a little bit of wind. Oh, now there's wind. We're surrounded by uh, uh, condos every yeah. which way you look. If anybody hasn't been to Toronto in a while, it's like it is there. I, from our vantage point, I count 12, 13, 1,400 cranes. But uh, yeah, John Candy. I uh, wanted to single out a couple of films. There's a huge range that you can choose from. He did a lot of great work. Some big... Hits some not, but uh, the one I wanted to talk about first is uh, Uncle Buck, which came out in 1989, directed by John Hughes. Such so a good. great, great film. You know, I watched that not too long ago, long ago with my kids. You realize these films that we grew up with, how much they swear. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, like this exactly. is just a, what we think of as a family movie. Yep. But it's like a lot of swearing. Yeah, I was really shocked. Me too. There's a lot of cursing in uh, Uncle Buck. You know, shits and assholes and doesn't drop drop the f bomb, of course. But no, it's just common language. Is how people yeah. talk. Well, if the thing is right. Like uh, the same year, actually, 1989. Uh, Steve Martin made a film about parenting and, and parenthood called Parenthood actually came out the same year. And, uh, uncle Buck in comparison to that, both two, two movies came out the same year. John Candy and Steve Martin would later actually pair together to do planes, trains and automobiles, which is a fucking classic. Another great one. We've referenced so many times on the podcast. That's not a pillow. <laughs> Those aren't pillows. <laughs> And uh, you look, compare Parenthood, Steve Martin's <laughs> Parenthood to John Candy's uh, Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck is just rooted in honesty, right? It's an honest portrayal of of being a parent. He's not a parent, of course, but he's looking after the kids. And just child rearing and teenage angst and... And not living to, up to your potential. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, which yeah. is what Uncle Buck himself, he's like, yeah. he's the outcast. He's the one who, who just couldn't just just couldn't do it yeah you know yeah, he's got a different attitude not he doesn't want to go to a nine to five job just wants to kind of be his own free spirit you know it, the thing about john candy films is he often has so much heart to them that yeah. it's it's a comedy but uncle buck is kind of almost more of a drama yeah because it's not yeah. a, it's not exactly a happy like there's a reckoning there's a guy there, there's the he has his transformational change yep right he learns to, he's got to face responsibilities. He becomes what he pretends to be in the beginning. In the beginning, he's, you know, he's, con oh, no, no, everything's good. Everything's good. <laughs> and it isn't good. He's yeah. a train wreck. Yeah. But at the end, he, he pulls his shit together and he gets this second lease on life, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny you were talking about swearing because uh, I, th I think, like you said, it's, it's real language. Like, it's real language you'd have in uh, a family. And it's kind of a shorthand they use to show that. You know, you've got Uncle Buck, who's a train wreck, who's who's a dysfunctional guy. But then you see that the family itself is dysfunctional. The daughter's got real issues with the mother and the father's just not even doesn't really care or like no one's perfect. Yeah. And but they use the the kids are kind of swearing and, she, you know, she's saying the older daughter saying shit and the little daughter saying, you said shit, I'm telling on you. Like they actually are cursing, yeah. but it's like a shorthand for the movie to show you how dysfunctional the family is. Cause when you end up having kids, you're worried about their language. You know, that's a thing you worry about. You know, we just had this conversation about crap Yeah, and how crap's not really a bad word. They say that in Uncle Buck actually. Yeah, a lot of crap. She says crap. It's like, I'm telling on you. And the daughter goes, that's not a swear word. Yeah. She goes, oh, I thought it was a swear word. And she goes, no, you're thinking about shit. <laughs> she actually that's says right. that. You know, it's yeah. funny because, you know, paralleling uh, John Candy's Uncle Buck to Steve Martin's Parenthood. Parenthood is like much more in, in the vein of what films have become. Yeah, it's very stylized. Everything's over the top and ratcheted up. And, and, and clean. And don't get me wrong, Parenthood's a great movie. Like, uh, it was the, the sort of the new era of Steve Martin films. Yep. But it's a great movie. I liked it a lot. It had a great cast and good storytelling. When you look at it, the way you're describing it, kind of do see that's kind of his selling out. Yeah. He's not doing comedies like The Jerk anymore. Like, no. really daring. Like, The Jerk was a really super daring comedy. Yeah. Right. And it's funny. The Jerk is directed by uh, 
Kyle Reiner. And one of the movies I'm going to talk about after this is Summer Rental, starring John Candy. And he, that's actually directed by Kyle Reiner, too. And when you put them side by side, they're very different. You know, The Jerk, like I said, I don't know, maybe that's the most daring comedy I've ever seen. I don't know if I... You know, like, is well, it? well, it's like... It has everything going. You like, know, it's got the race, the racial angle at the beginning. It's, I know we're supposed to talk about John Candy, but he's got the, you know, he's raised by, well, I was see, born a poor black, black child. child. In, the, know, in, like, in his stand-up on uh, Wild and Crazy Guy, that's yeah. where a lot of these jokes yeah, it's, started, Yeah, it's right? definitely influenced it's from by his, his act. His, his act right? was, yeah. uh, you know, I was born a poor black child until I uh, heard my first Monavani record. And then he knew that he was white. So he said he went out and he got his dick shortened and became, and became a television weatherman. That was his joke, right? And so the film followed that. Yeah. And in such a great way. Yeah. It's silly, yeah. but you believe he's one of the family. Like it's a, you know, and there's like the later the scene with him in his rich, rich, his mansion with the guys who call him the N word yeah. and he kicks their ass with his karate. But the jerk is what I like hands down probably my favorite comedy. Yeah. And it's yeah, I remember seeing it on TV when they started airing it on TV and his dog shithead <laughs> it was changed to stupid. Okay. Come here, stupid. It would be like, come here, stupid. You know? <laughs> you it's know? not a bad compromise, actually. It's no, okay. but shithead is just so funny. It's like the dog is shithead. And so don't call your dog lifesaver. <laughs> <laughs> Call him shithead. <laughs> so I have it on DVD. And a couple of years ago, I we, I watched it with my kids. Yeah. And the other thing that you notice about these movies like Uncle Buck and, and a lot of these films from this time yeah. is the swearing is one thing. Yeah. But a lot of the sexual innuendo is also, they're they're very, a lot of these films are very sexual mm. in a way. Maybe Uncle Buck, not so much. Yeah, I don't think so. Not but much. the jerk, the jerk is, and there's yeah. all kinds of like that things was. that <laughs> at the time I didn't think anything of. But yeah. now as a parent in, in 2018, I'm like, oh my, oh my God, he, well, they're, yeah. they're simulating fornication. Well, I always remember, uh. He's in the trailer with the woman who, <laughs> who guesses the weight of people. And yeah. he's like, they're making out and she's grabbing him by the ass and squeezing it. He goes, boy, you really want to guess my weight. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It I'm is. bringing home a thermos for you. Not an ordinary thermos for you. I'm going to take my paddle ball and my thermos. And this chair. And this uh, remote control. That's all I need. That's all I need. Oh, uh, I'm going to take uh, this and remote this. That's it. That's all I want. And just before that, Bernadette <laughs> Peters comes in and she's like crying. He says, I'm going to buy you a diamond ring so big it's going to make you puke. And she says, I don't want to puke. <laughs> I always remember well, the thing, too, I always say another quote is whenever uh, I have problems with my glasses, I say, Damn these, damn these glasses! And they always go. I always got to go. I damn thee! <laughs> when you have problems with your glasses, you take them off and you, you always look at your nose so that you look cockeyed. <laughs> oh my god! That's actually Carl Reiner in that scene. <laughs> That's right, the director. Yeah, and of Summer Rental too. Maybe I'll cut that in when we talk about Summer Rental. <laughs> got a little off track there. This is a Steve Martin episode, right? <laughs> Darn it! We should have done that. Um, Comedy is not pretty. <laughs> Yeah. Uncle Buck. Yeah. So uh, last time I saw it, I, it was before I got married and had kids. And when you watch it now, like it just hits all these marks 
of what you have to fucking yeah, responsibilities you have to have when you are a parent, like making breakfast and packing the lunches for school. Like it's a funny scene where <laughs> Uncle Buck is coming. He's taking he's taking over for uh, watching his brother's kids while he and his wife go because um, the wife's father's had a heart attack. So they got to leave town quick. So they got to call Uncle Buck to look after the kids. And uh, there's a scene where Macaulay Culkin, he's he's the older, uh, he's the son. There's only there's a son and two daughters. He's the little one. He's a little. He's the son. He's just just you know like seven or eight. Yeah, it's, it's the movie that really made him a star, right? Did it? Yeah, Home Alone was a year after. It's nineteen ninety. I thought that's the movie that made him a star. Yeah, but he he was he's great. He's great in this. Uh, there's a scene where. Uh, there's, he just met the kids and they're sitting, Uncle Buck and, the, and Macaulay Culkin are sitting like across the table, right? And the kid's like peppering him with questions. Where do you live? Oh, yeah, that's- I have a house. Do you buy or rent? Rent. You know, he's asking all these questions. He goes, How, what's your record for consecutive questions asked? He goes, 38. It's like, <laughs> has this, uh, this is a great scene. Why do you have so many, ask me so many questions? Because I'm a kid. <laughs> that's my yeah, job. That's my job. Exactly. Yeah, but uh, this kid, Macaulay Culkin, he's at school and Uncle Buck has packed his lunch. He's pulling the stuff out of the lunch bag and it's like a, a pickled <laughs> egg and there's a can of sardines. <laughs> and he's like, got all this stuff and he's, he's sitting at a table with his friends. He's like, uh, can I... Is it possible I can interest anybody in exchanging lunches? And they all go, <laughs> and they all push back from the table. Their chairs squeaking. Like something my grandfather would have packed for me. And just and the idea of just losing controls over, over your kid because the older daughter is like seeing some guy called Bug, some kid <laughs> is trying to put the make on her. Just all these things. And then he goes and he visits him with an axe. <laughs> He's got a hatchet. Got it in the back of the truck. I got it right here. <laughs> here it is. It's a hatchet. <laughs> I like to keep it so sharp I can shave with it. <laughs> Give so, it a threatening. So good. And it's just all really. It's kind of hinged on on John Candy because he's got to be like you say, kind of a reprobate at the beginning, but he's got to be a lovable guy that you sympathize with because you got to sympathize with him looking after these kids. Well, I think this and is he what, is tailor made for that role. He is. I think that one of the things that strikes us because lots of people die. Yep. Right. And but with someone like that, there's like a. It's like you lose somebody close to you. Because he was always, he's always a tragic, he's, we think of him as a comedian, yep. but he's tragic. He's always tragic, even in, in planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, he's a loser kind of, right? And so down, and, and he, he's the optimist though. Yeah, He's always trying that's to be John, optimistic. That's John Candy. But he's a loser. Yeah. He just can't, he failed to launch, always, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's the essence of a John Candy role is that all yeah. the way up to the last one he made when he died wagons East. He's like a failed frontiersman or whatever. Right. <laughs> so it's like is. Johnny, Johnny LaRue. It was yeah. his, everybody has their shtick. Yeah. Right. And yeah, that's it. But he's got like, like Johnny LaRue from SCTV. He's got a, you know, he's, he's got bravado, but he's just a lech. Yeah, like my favorite, my favorite John Candy sketch ever on SCTV was yeah. was him as Johnny Larue, and it was him drunk, with his shirt open, his red velvet jacket, yeah. sitting on the sidewalk in the gutter, yep. and he was just like, "All I asked for, all I ever wanted was a crane shot. Just wanted a crane shot. Is it too much to ask?" And it was, it was this whole thing like where he's just down he's in the gutter he just everything is a he's a complete failure everything has not amounted to anything and then all of a sudden the camera rises 
and rises and rises. He's like, what's that? It's a crane shot. And he gets his crane shot as he passes out in the gutter. <laughs> right. So That's good. That's hilarious. Just so many great things with Johnny LaRue, too. Just this out of control uh, TV celebrity. There's a funny scene, too. Like, it's not all John Candy. It's a, It's got some great pieces, too, the film itself. And one is uh, Uncle Buck takes them all bowling. And uh, uh, he's bowling with the kids and the daughters being real disinterested. She's just sitting there by herself. And one of the guys from the bowling alley, some guy, some guy walks over and he's, like, hitting on her. And he's... Uh, He's got a toothpick. He's got a toothpick in his mouth, and he's uh, sits, sits next to her. And he goes, "Hey, baby, how's it going?" And he goes, "Does that trick where you flip it, yeah, and it goes out." But then you see on his lip, he's got this horrible <laughs> scar where he hasn't been quite so successful doing it, right? And as he's doing it for, he goes, <laughs> "He's got to fix it." Ah, it's great stuff. Great stuff. Good times. Good times. Um, Amy Madigan is the uh, his girlfriend. His Uncle Buck's girlfriend. Like Amy Madigan's just kind of. A rough enough looking uh, dame that it looks like she'd be shacking up with a loser like John Candy. Yeah. And even she's like looking at him funny. Yeah. Well, mm. she's got problems with him. That's kind of the, that's part of the responsibility that Uncle Buck isn't living up to. He's not treating her right. He's been stringing her along like, oh yeah, we'll get married. And he doesn't want to commit. He yeah. doesn't want to do anything. He's yeah. just a loser. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, you know, he's a cliche. Yeah, exactly. He even lives across from uh, Wrigley Field. His apartment is, he goes, his brother calls him in the middle of the night to see if he'll take look after the kids. And he wakes up and he claps his hands. He's got the clapper and his lights come on and the lights of the Wrigley Field come on next to him. <laughs> Do the same thing. I guess, I don't know, they're all like, even parenthood takes place in Chicago. Like they always choose Chicago, these second city guys, I guess, because they all That's went right. to Chicago yeah. at uh, that second city. I think Chicago is, you know, it's it's the every town, right? Yeah. It's not New York because New York can't live normally there. Right. And Chicago is like Toronto. Right. Right, where it's it's a big urban city. Yep. Um, but filled with houses and families and you right. know, normal average life. Right. You know, it's not it's all not, jet setter. It's not out of control. Yeah. I think Blues Brothers takes place in Chicago. That's Chicago too. as well. Yeah. Yeah. They always choose Chicago there. Maybe they got tax breaks. The Illinois Film Board always gave them tax breaks. Um, talking about John Candy and Bu Uncle Buck, there's just one thing that kind of bothers me about the film, and it doesn't. We've said that you know John Candy's a train wreck and he's kind of a reprobate, but I don't know. Maybe it's just seeing it from 1989 and then seeing it from the perspective of now. It doesn't seem like John Candy has quite fallen enough. Well, I think that's he what smokes makes it cigars, real, but he never drinks. You know, he's, he he has a beer in a couple of scenes, but he's not a drinker. Like you think, you got to see what's dangerous. Like what's dangerous about this guy? Could everything really go pear shaped with him looking after the kids? Maybe that's what makes it more normal, right? Yeah. We're, we're used to now where, where it's ratcheted up. Yeah, right? they, somebody's a failure. They they're they're, a, they're Charles Bukowski. <laughs> you have to you just know? keep doing it, scene after scene after scene. That's showing right. Them. Uh, he look, he's on heroin and he's fucking the cat. Well, I'm thinking of like, I was thinking of like bad Santa. Is yeah. It's a, is like, an idea of like a, a reprobate, a guy who's, who's fallen. Right. Yeah, it's too much though. Yeah. Um, yeah. But speaking of John Candy. <laughs> At some point in time, <laughs> some point in time there we did. Planes, yeah. trains, and automobiles yeah. is just another of these comic, comic masterpieces. Yes. With two of the, you know, the greatest. Yeah. And they're, they're similar because 
Steve Martin, he was much more of a he was much more of a stand up guy. I don't even know if John Candy ever really did a lot no, of stand up. I don't think so. I think sketch was, skit comedy. Yeah. Sketch comedy. Like an actor. He was much more of the actor. Yep. Um, and I think Steve Martin probably got into acting because he was a natural and he got onto Saturday Night Live as a, a guest so many times. I guess yeah. he was the first to hit the five club before Alec Baldwin and all those people. Right. Yeah. The wild and crazy guy. Yeah. Him and Dan Aykroyd being the wild and the crazy guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, as a kid, I played the, uh, the, uh, wild and crazy guy album endlessly. I knew every, I probably still know every word on that album. Right. That's right. Right. Oh, yeah, this is John Candy. Speaking of John, <laughs> John Candy, he's in this movie, too. He is. So he's a, uh, a traveling salesman yeah. who is just like another tragic character where, yep. you know, there's he's happy, he's optimistic, he's he's the yeah. life of the party, he's the the ideal salesman, he, he sells shower rings, yeah. right, and shower curtains for motels. So yeah. he's always on the road from motel to motel selling, selling this stuff. Yeah. And... You know, he talks about his wife and he talks about this life and, yeah. and Steve Martin, who's, I guess he broke down or I can't even remember how they got together in the beginning. Yeah. I forget. Somehow they, they, he, Steve Martin ends up in the car with John Candy. John Candy agrees to take, give him a lift, yeah. much like his home alone role. Yeah. Right. Yep. And they end up having this sort of buddy film kind of yeah. adventure. Yeah. Um, Regretfully, because Steve Martin is constantly critical of John Candy, <laughs> constantly angry, and yeah, in the, just, you know it all ends with this tragic scene where you you have the big reveal that John Candy is he's been lying he, the whole time. He yeah. doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have a family. Well, she died, didn't? I'm not sure. Yeah, she died. So okay. he's alone and he lost everything. Right. So he is all he has is to be out on the road doing what he's doing. Right. Well, there's this great scene. Uh, planes, trains, and automobiles where uh, they're driving along and and uh, John Candy's driving and Steve Martin has fallen asleep. And then <laughs> Candy starts drifting. He falls asleep for a, for a few moments and the car drifts over into the opposite lane <laughs> of the highway. And, uh, you know, John Candy wakes up. He goes, oh, oh, oh that was close. And he's <laughs> go, going the wrong way down the expressway. And there's people drive up next to him on the other lane where they were and they're like, Roll down your window, roll down your window. And like John Candy's like, what, what? And he rolls down the window and the people are shouting, you're going the wrong way. And <laughs> Steve Martin wakes up. He wakes up from all this commotion. He's like, what's going on? Who are those people? And they go, ah, they say they're, we're going the wrong way. And <laughs> Steve Martin's like, how do they know where we're going? And so John Candy's like, yeah, okay, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's the symbol for drinking. Like, yeah, have like, another drink. Yeah. And then suddenly there's two car, two trucks coming right at him on the hot expressway. And they're like, wah! Everybody starts screaming and Martin's screaming. He looks over at John Candy and John Candy's like red face with the horns. Well, it's as the, the trucks are, are, are on, the car <laughs> yeah. is jammed between these yeah, two right. and it's all sparks everywhere yeah. and flames. And Candy's are <laughs> laughing at him, looking like the devil. Such a great scene, man. Great setup, great set piece, <laughs> fucking funny, man. And and of course the the biggie where they're in the they they're sharing a bed in a motel yeah, room in one, the morning. They only got one bed. They wake up and they're spooning. <laughs> Steve Martin's in the back. And like I don't know, they say something like, "How'd you sleep?" or whatever. And Steve Martin's like, "Oh, I have my hand between two <laughs> comfy pillows or something. Yeah. Two two big puffy pillows." And Elson is like, "Those aren't pillows." <laughs> <laughs> they both jump out of bed and they're like, huh, mm, "How about that game last night?" Oh yeah, great one, great one. So good. Yeah, plane, trains, and automobile. That's another John Hughes film, I think. Is it? I think so. Hmm. 
I believe so. I don't know if he directed it. Maybe wrote it. You can check in your sum of all human knowledge. Um, another movie I wanted to talk about is... Uh, oop. Oh, yeah. He wrote and directed it. Yeah. Another great John Hughes film. The best. We talked a lot about John Hughes uh, when we did our Spider-Man Homecoming uh, review because they very much was ape, were aping that kind of feel. Yeah, that's what really impressed me most about that about that film, Spider Man Homecoming, is that they ma- they just match that tone of John Hughes, the John Hughes comedy in a superhero film. It was brilliant. And then they also uh, we talked about John Hughes a lot during Ready Player One, who just scavenged John Hughes and threw it in there as much as they just smeared John <laughs> Hughes on yeah. as much as they could, just yeah. smeared it, yeah. scooped it out of a diaper and smeared it. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, oh, they're talking about uh, when the, he's doing. Yeah, we're gonna make every high school just like the one. Yeah, in, he's got the guys, uh, the Sorrento, the bad guys, got the nerds in his earpiece, giving them John Hughes references, eighties <laughs> yeah. references, eighties movies right. references. <sighs> Incinerated. Please stop talking about <laughs> Ready Player One because that movie sucked. Until there's a sequel, Ready Player Two. <laughs> CR. And then Ready Multiplayer. CR two part review of that fucking monstrosity. <laughs> God damn it. But a uh, much better film is uh, Summer Rental. I don't have the date for this. You want to look that up, Chad, when they did Summer Rental? It was a few years, I think. That was 87. It was huh? before uh, Uncle Buck. I think it was his first American lead role. You know, an American film, purely really? American film. Yep. I think it is 87. 86? Let's see. Summer Rentals, 85. 85? Wow. He was also in Follow That Bird. Let's not oh, forget, okay? He was a state trooper. Uh, no, we have to save that for a whole uh, episode. That'll be the Follow the Bird, the big bird episode. <laughs> exactly. You could do a thing. That's right. S- just the Snuffleupagus fucking <laughs> horror. <laughs> Today's you know, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, people, there's a fucking Snuffleupagus <laughs> that lives here. Oh, yeah, okay, big bird, have another drink. <laughs> That's right. Our guest today is Snuffleupagus. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, summer rental. Uh, Candy is a burned out aircraft. Uh, air traffic air controller. Air traffic controller, and he uh, is ordered to take a vacation. So a buddy of his rents his uh, rents him his beach house for a few weeks in Florida, and he goes there, and numerous hijinks uh, occur. And the scene I always remember is uh, Candy. Uh, Candy uh, is out f- the front of he's out on the the patio of the house facing the beach, and uh, the neighbor comes over. This hot chick, you know, milf comes over and uh, she invites him over to have lemonade and uh, she's wearing like a pretty skimpy bikini and Candy's like, okay, she goes next door and he's sitting there and the, and the uh, girl's like, you were an air traffic controller, you said, right? And John Candy's like, yep, yep. She goes, you must have really good eyesight to do that. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I think so. She goes, okay, tell me, are these, do these look real? (laughs) She pulls up her, her suit (laughs) <laughs> her top of her uh, bikini and like she's wiggling around and, like surely seriously tell me he's, well yeah those look pretty good those look pretty good because she, she's just had uh, plastic surgery she's had the enlarged mm-hmm. yeah. breast enlargement surgery and her husband comes in he's like are you do- are you showing the neighbors again your bo- boobs quit doing that but uh, so he leaves and he goes back and uh, 
through a, a, a series of stuff that happens, like while he's away, you kind of see it. Like a, a mother takes her daughter up to the door and like, excuse me, the daughter's <laughs> really got to go to the washroom, right? She goes, oh, mommy, I got to go bad. And she goes, oh, there's nobody here. But anyway, go, just go quick. And uh, some other guy comes over and goes, excuse me, can I have a glass of water? I'm really thirsty. And the girl <laughs> goes, yeah, sure, go ahead. <laughs> she doesn't even have, own the place. And then when John Candy comes back, it's full of people. <laughs> Everybody's just come, moved in, right? He goes inside and like, there's a guy making omelets for people. Who who wants an omelet? Who wants an omelet? And Candy's on crutches. He's hurt his leg in a boating accident. So he like takes one of the crutches and he starts smashing shit. You get out, get out. But the funny thing is he goes in, everybody goes running out the door and then he goes into his bedroom and there's a guy lying there watching TV. And Candy's like, okay, you get out. Guy goes, yeah, you get out. I'm here watching the Smurfs. <laughs> and Candy's got the crutch. He goes, oh yeah? You're watching the Smurfs? Did you ever see the one where Papa Smurfs beats the shit out of a guy in a red hat with his crutch? And he's like waving it at him. The guy runs out. Uh, another great thing about Summer Rental is it's got uh, the patron saint of nerd stocking, I think, as actors, is Rip Torn. Oh, is he in there? He's the guy running the seafood restaurant <laughs> out of his boat, the Barnacle. We were talking about him in our... Uh, again, it's, uh, it's amazing to me that he was in The Man Who Fell to Earth. And great. Torn. Great, great, in, great in it. And then he's in, he's, uh, what's his name? Tully, I think, in mm. Summer Rental. And it's a great role. Ah, teaches him to teaches him to sail. That's the big thing. That's John Candy's big redeeming thing is he, he learns to sail from this guy. It's funny. There's a scene with Rip Torn and uh, John Candy. They, they've got, he's teaching them to sail on this little boat. And they're out sailing. And John Candy's like, you've been a sailor a long time. And Rip Torn goes, yep. He goes, you must know a lot of sea shanties, do you? And uh, and uh, Rip Torn's like, yep, I sure do. Here's a little ditty that my mommy taught me. Love, exciting and new. Come aboard, we're expecting you. And John Candy joins in the love boat. <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> hilarious. That's your sea ditty. And I learned something. You know, we got to learn something from these podcasts these podcast episodes. And the thing I learned is that Paul Williams was a co-writer of the love boat theme. Do you know that? Is he? Was he? he? Is, yeah. Oh, that is a- yeah. He did the lyrics. Well, and he was in the love boat too. I'm sure he was. Yeah. Paul Williams with everything in the seventies. He was, Paul Williams is the best. He's still the yeah. best. Rainbow connection. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great writer. And Phantom of the Paradise, still one of my all time favorite yeah. musicals. Yeah. Smokey and the Bandit as so little, good. little Enos. <laughs> Was he? No. Yeah. He's in the white suit. And the, the guy was a tall guy. Oh, right. I don't know if they were brothers or something, but <laughs> it looked totally different. Little Enos and Big Enos. Wow. I didn't know that was him. Yeah, it's Paul Williams, man. Wow. Of course. Yeah, I learned something. Little little guy with white hair. Paul Williams, man. Paul Williams. <laughs> and it's funny, too. You see uh, in Summer Rental, John Larroquette's in it. And you've been, you were talking, probably one of your movies you got on your list of stripes. Yep. John Larroquette's in that with John Candy. Well, the, the boob story that you just told, that made me think of stripes because he's the, he's ox and he, they were like, okay, who's the challenger who's going to come in and fight these girls and like oil, it was oil wrestling wrestling. (laughs) and he's like, oh, okay, 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 I'll go, I'll go. And then he just, they just start beating the shit out of him. And he, he loses his mind. And the next thing you know, he's kind of like, because he's got a brush cut too, he kind of turns into like uh, Curly Howard. And, you know, he just... Ah, he's like he slapping starts, his face. And <laughs> yeah, and he starts like, at one point he punches the girl. 
skull and they're like jumping on him and he tears off all their bikini tops and he's like holding, and he's him, up holding like him up like a champion <laughs> like a champion oh yeah. film used to be great <laughs> they don't make it like that anymore i would have bought that for a dollar that's gonna be our repeating theme i think they don't make films like that anymore they're just old men but when you see john laroquette in summer rental you immediately think oh he's gonna be a dick because he's john laroquette right yeah he's like he's He's another Dabney Coleman, right? Always oh, plays a he? dick. No. Yeah. I don't think of him that way. I think what, of... John Larroquette? No. Well, he's from Night Court. I know. He wasn't that big an asshole. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? He's, what was his name? I can't remember. He was a dick, man. He's always a, he's a lecherous dick. But here you see him. He's like, oh, yeah, he's going to be the asshole that's going to fuck things up. But he's just a nice guy. He goes against type in uh, Summer Rental. He's actually a nice guy who entertains... John Candy's wife and kids without you think it's going to be like he's going to come on to her, but nope. So I guess I've a nice seen guy. him in a few things and where he's not a dick. Okay, like name Dabney, it. Dabney Coleman is like he's the dick of dicks. Yeah, you know he's like the guy who uh, uh, who played Lex Luthor's dad, that actor in the Smallville show. That guy shows up everywhere. And he's always like the the um, he's he he plays the dick in Scrooged, who is a bigger dick than Bill Murray was trying to snag his job. That guy's another one of these guys who only plays dicks. Right. Well, name me something other than Summer Rental where John Laroquette was playing a nice guy. I'm first trying to find <laughs> Little Enos. Little, not a little. Big Enos and Little Enos. Little Enos is Paul Williams. Look at that. Yep. All right. It's once <laughs> once in a while you're right about something. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, what, was, what was the question? Oh, Laroquette. Yeah. John. <laughs> it populated as candy. From New Orleans, he was New in Stripes. Orleans. Yep. Yeah, he was a okay. He was a dick in Stripes. <laughs> he's a guy saluting. Yeah, he's a salute, oh, right? He was. Uh, ooh, he was the narrator in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Wow. How's that for the original '74? That's amazing. That's really amazing. I'm making it as an actor. Uh, he was nine in Nine to Five, the TV series, ironically titled. <laughs> He was, he was playing the Dabney Coleman character. Ironically, the title was Dick Doesn't Live Here Anymore. I think he was a dick in that one. Twilight's on the movie? Uh, Twilight's, oh yeah, he was, he was a dick he's, in the lynch. Uh, he's a KKK yeah, guy. Yeah, he's going to lynch, uh, you know, uh, uh, Vic Morrow posing as a black man. Holy. JFK? I can't remember who he, he was, was in JFK. Jerry Johnson. Speaking of John Candy, John Candy's in JFK. He had a great role. Played a shifty kind of. <laughs> he played a shifty guy that was like the owner of the nightclub. I think that maybe put the hit on Jack Ruby, and he was a sweaty, fucking suspicious dude. It's a really great role. But what is really like? I'm a. I like the old horror. I love the slashers from the '70s. And even though Texas Chainsaw Massacre is not my favorite, yeah. And he was the narrator of the 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep. But are you ready for this? He was the narrator of the 2003 Texas Chainsaw <laughs> awesome. Massacre too. That's perfect. It's a it's bring him back. Oh, that's so brilliant! I bring love it when back. they do that. Yeah, bring See? him back. Sure, you're paying him nine times the price you paid him in the first one, but that's <laughs> although right. at that point he might have been doing it for free. Uh, oh, he was in Arrested <laughs> Development. Oh, Larroquette. He, he played John Larroquette in that. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you almost lost out to somebody else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing uh, when Joan Rivers had her late show, when the yep. late show started with Joan Rivers. like yep. It became the Letterman show and eventually became a million other people's. But Joan Rivers started it. And her last week, she had different guests come in who had shown support in this fight that she had had with Johnny Carson, yeah. right? Yep. 
And, uh, you know, Howie Mandel was one of them. Pee Wee Herman was one of them. And the week, the, or the episode that Pee Wee... All people who, John, who uh, Johnny Carson fucking had, you know, ruined their careers probably. <laughs> well, no, they, these Took guys were all on the top of their career at that time. Yeah, and Johnny Carson put the kibosh on it. But anyway, I digress. I think it really digress. Pee Wee Herman had, had, met, had <laughs> was interviewing Betty White. Yep. And he says, so, you know... What do you got to do? And and she's like, oh, I was I'm on this show such and such uh, in the next episode. And he's like, really? And who do you play? She was like, well, I play myself. And uh, he says, well, how many other people auditioned? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so you know, one of my all-time favorite candy films. Maybe I think I probably like it more than Let any. Let me guess: uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That's right. It's a candy film. It is a candy film. <laughs> gotcha. Zinger. Uh, is my my favorite, it's probably my favorite John Candy film. All right. Is The Great Outdoors. Yeah. That's an interesting choice. Definitely not a, I don't know, not one of his most well-known. Really? Yeah. It was kind of a flop. I remember it being a flop. But it's so good. Yeah. And they shoot a bear in the ass. <laughs> And John we'll and Dan Aykroyd's in it. Yeah, it's you know I love I love everything about that movie. It's kind of like Neighbors, isn't it? No, like a redo of Neighbors. No, not even close. Well, Neighbors is Jim uh, John Belushi. He's just a quiet guy, and, and and he's got these obnoxious neighbors that keep coming over and bothering him. Yeah, right? but isn't that any movie? It's Dan Aykroyd. Here it's like John Candy's gonna he's renting a cabin, you know, get some peace and quiet, and this fucking obnoxious. But Neighbors neighbor was or weird. Or his coworker or something. Neighbors was way weirder. Yeah. Neighbors is like more like, um, uh, uh, well, actually a, a recent film with the lovely Gal Gadot. Yeah? Yeah. She's, I don't even know what it's called. But oh, it's, is that the one with She's an the, agent. Is that with Seth Rogen and his wife? And the, there's a, it's a next door is no, a it's fraternity. No, it's not Seth. No, no, that's Neighbors. Oh. That's another Neighbors. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's hilarious. It's uh it's the film it was So are they saying Seth Rogan is the new Jim Belushi? Because that's a fucking sacrilege. Yeah, no, no, that neighbors is completely different. Because in neighbors with John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd, they just live in a sub like a suburban subdivision. Yep. Jim Belushi's the straight man. Yeah. And he's all kind of quiet and introverted. Yeah. Yep. And Dan Aykroyd is like the kooky it's kind of like almost the the reflection between like chevy chase in uh, christmas vacation and yep. julia louise dreyfus and her sprocket boyfriend you know they're all trendy with their clothes right and it's dan Aykroyd, and he's a bit of a slimy it's got yeah. shit going on and so there was a film with gal gadot yep where she's it's her isla fisher see there there's the newer isla fisher film right I'm trying to remember what isla fisher was doing yep um it's uh, Zach Galifianakis. Oh. And who's the guy from, um, uh, what's that 60s TV show that everybody was crazy about? Oh, that 60s TV show that everyone was it's crazy about? The, it's set in the 60s. I know that one. It's, I don't know, Get Smart? Yeah, no, not from the 60s. Set in the 60s. That 70s show? The Something Guys <laughs> Men. That, oh, uh, Mad Men. Mad Men. Yeah. Oh, it's called Keeping Up with the Joneses. Oh right, and uh, Gal Gadot's in that, eh? Yeah, she's and she's wearing a an, out, an outfit that makes the Wonder Woman outfit look from wow. So the great outdoors. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> Isn't this the Gal Gadot episode? It's the Gal Gadot Isla Fisher girl on girl episode. 
It's the oh. Jim Belushi episode, <laughs> not but, John Belushi. But anyway, that film is because Neighbors, the premise of that, it's, it's like there's something going on with the Neighbors. There's something suspicious well, you're talking. Maybe them. you might be talking about The Burbs with Tom Hanks. No. Where he lives out in the suburbs and they're worried about the neighbors. Well, maybe, but that's a common premise. But I think Neighbors with John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd did it first. Okay. What were we talking about? Oh, The Great Outdoors. <laughs> Great yeah. Outdoors is just, you know, it's 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 another mixed nuts one where you have like, you know, dysfunctional family and friends and yeah. you don't really like them. And Dan Aykroyd shows up, but they're this rental, this cottage yeah. that they go to that John Belushi and his family or. John Candy and his family go to. Yeah. Um, it's very similar to Summer Rental. Yeah. Kinda. And Ackroyd has like these two, you know, ginger haired twins. And he's right. like a, another, he's the one down in his luck where he acts like a big shit and he's yeah. always bragging, but he's like a, he's broke. Right. And John right. Candy helps him out. Yeah. I remember that film having a lot of heart. Oh, yeah. It, I think the reason maybe why it wasn't quite so successful is it's really acerbic and cutting. It's very dark. Yeah, it is. It has. Like, not dark maybe in what the premise is and what's happening, but very dark in the personalities, right? Like, there's mm -hmm. nobody really likable. But oh, then they know. turn... There's a lot of heart at the end. See, it has thing. It has moments in it that a lot of these films don't have. Like yeah. it has like silly moments. Yeah. Right, which is much more in the 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 vacation vein. Right. Right. Where it's it was much more like a like the beginning of the Saturday Night Live films. You know, right. like like the Lorne Michael production. Well, I think the Blues Brothers started that. Yeah, off. but that was like that's film greatness. But I mean, yeah. what they became. Like they were just, you know, kind of comedies. Like they have the, the funny scene where they're, they're fighting a bat and they're all dressed up and they've armored themselves <laughs> and they're fighting a bat and, right. you know, and it's hilarious. And there's a bear that comes in. They shoot the bear in the ass. So the bear has a big bald spot from being shot once upon a time and now he has a big bald spot on his ass <laughs> from being shot in the ass. <laughs> you know? That's funny. It's just such great moments in that film. Well, I remember, uh, I think the only thing I remember from The Great Outdoors is the two wives are talking, right? And it's a heart to heart when they're friends mm -hmm. and they turn, right? But, you know, the one, John Candy's wife is talking to Dan Aykroyd's wife and she's sort of sexually frustrated or whatever. She's revealing the fucking problems that Aykroyd has, I mm -hmm. guess. And she goes, I get so horny sometimes. I just push up against the uh, washing machine during the rinse cycle and it <laughs> feels so good, right? And then later when they turn... The, uh, John Candy's wife says, why don't you go find yourself a rinse cycle? And John Candy goes, yeah, find yourself a rinse cycle. And he goes, what the hell does that mean? You know, yeah. but it has all, it has all the summer stuff too. It has the, you know, the, they go the water kids, skiing, don't they? It's the kids crazy. have like, uh, you know, summer romance and they, you know, the, the boy has a, a relationship with the local girl, right? The townie, right. sort of, right? And the town mattress? Yeah. No, she's not. She's just like, she's used to like this life of everybody else's transient. Everybody, right. you know, is here today, gone tomorrow. And she doesn't want to just give it up anymore <laughs> to right. like people right. who are going to just take off, you know? Right. It's like, you know, 14-year-old love stories. Right. But I love that movie. Sounds good. Have to watch that again. But, uh, you know, and speaking of bears with bald spots on their asses, <laughs> there's Barf. Oh, yeah. From Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Great film. <laughs> and he was so good in that, that and heavy metal. And, yeah. you know, Candy has done just, you know, you you just, you can't dislike him. That's true. Yeah. He's Except a, maybe in JFK. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he plays a real sleazeball in that one. He's great. He's great in that. Oh, only the lonely. There's another great one. Yeah, that was his uh, his 
serious role where he's a cop, a beat cop. His, his mother is trying to get him match make, isn't that? Trying yeah, to match he, him with somebody. He gets in a relationship with it's Ali, Ali Sheedy, Sheedy, right, yeah. and she's a mortician, right? <laughs> right. Ali Sheedy, you know, again, yeah. she is a fucking terrible actress. <laughs> Like, she did Breakfast Club well, because she didn't have to act. Well, the thing is, this is funny. Ali Sheedy was the Zoe Deschanel of her day. Oh, but Zoe Deschanel is great. She well, can same, act. Same. Oh, but she can act. Flighty, she can sing. kooky. Oh, sure. She's kooky. Right. Same but, like Ali Sheedy. But Ali Sheedy can't act. That's the problem. Short Circuit. Oh, my God. I like Short Circuit. <laughs> but she is terrible. Yeah. She looks like she should play. Or even in war games. She's not very good. She's like terrible <laughs> delivery. She's like somebody yeah. who has like no presence. Yeah, no she's skill. another one. Who are we talking about? Where it just bounces off him? It's just she's another character. She's an actor like Isabella Rossellini. She's yeah. another actress where there's nothing gets. There's no inner life. It's just an actress reciting lines. That's literally what you think of when you see her. But there's I, an actress acting. That's true, but along with that, with her, it's like her delivery, I don't understand how anybody lets it go on. Right. Because it's like, in, even in short circuit, she's like, no, don't go over there, come over here. Right. And it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> that will be, I got paid 35000 for that film. <laughs> well, there's a scene in War Games, like one of my favorite films, I always laugh when I see it, like... It's a tender part in war games. It's a, they're going across this ferry to to meet with Falcon, and there's a it's a moment, it's a beat where they can stop and like do a little bit of like just try to gather what's happening and what they're facing, what they're facing with. And uh, Matthew Broderick's starting to crack. He's like, you know, I'm responsible for all this. You know, bringing the world to the brink of nuclear war. Like, uh, you know, what am I gonna do? I'm screwed. What am I gonna do? He says something about Joshua, the, the the program that is he's woken up and now is thinking he's Falcon and he's at, you know trying to play the game with him. And she goes, "Oh, Joshua, is that the one that's still playing the game?" And she says this line. <laughs> it's like fucking jarring. It's like she's okay yelling and running, but as soon as they have this tender spot, it's like ugh. She Alice can't act. Acting. She can't act. She can't act in Only the Lonely. She yeah. can't act. And see in Breakfast Club. She, yeah. It works because she doesn't She's talk. just playing a morose, you know, outsider, outcast. Right? She's a way out from the Flintstones. She puts her hair down over her face and she just sits there. Yeah. And at one point she does a funny dance and that's her role, right? <laughs> like yeah. she doesn't even have like, like Judd, Judd Nelson has depth to or his character. Or even just talk about, you know, keep it analogous to uh, the other girls like Molly Ringwald, right? I guess she's the only other female yeah. in it. Molly Ringwald is carrying it. She's got like, she's the the beauty she's the princess and she's starting to crack under the pressure of being the popular girl right yeah and you can see that in her performance she's a, gives a great performance but ali sheedy nope <laughs> the lights are barely on <laughs> no one's home <laughs> she doesn't even live there <laughs> that's Holy. too bad too shit i'm gonna have to cross off ali sheedy off our list of guests no Damn. i know fuck that, that was sucks. next week, I know, but it's, you know, I just, I don't know what to ask her. So, Allie, tell me, <laughs> did you have to work hard to be such a shit actress? Like, is that, was it supposed to, meant, was, is your career meant to be ironic? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that'll fly. 
Uh, we're going to be getting Sheedy a family episode. from the estate of Sheedy. <laughs> You're full of Sheedy. She's still alive, isn't she? Ali Sheedy. <laughs> I'm sure she is. We we'll have to talk to her She's estate. Not, not her we career. can talk to Ali Sheedy. <laughs> She's done a lot of uh, TV movies, and I think she's gone in that direction. You know, Molly Ringwald did this film with Matthew Broderick. It's like all these, all these actors are always appearing in every every there's every combination of them. Yeah, and yeah, it's that's like, Hollywood, I guess. So Ooh. there was one called Fifty Two Pickup with Matthew Broderick and uh, Molly Ringwald. But this was Molly Ringwald after Pretty in Pink, after Breakfast Club, after all these films where her career dried up, and then there was this one moment where they were getting kind of older, right? Yeah. Like Matthew Broderick wasn't doing, um, you know, like, uh, what's the, um, Don Kishan, darling, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, like yeah. this was all behind him now and they were a little <clears throat> bit older. They're now in their 20s, so they can't really do these kids things. And this movie starts <coughs> yep. with, I don't know if it starts there, but I just remember I saw it at the Cineplex at, in the Eden Center, which used to be well, like a million little tiny screens. Where you screens. go down the stairs and down yeah. another flight of stairs and down another flight of stairs. And it was a TV screen about the size of the TV <laughs> I have now, or maybe the size of your TV. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, and it's this shot where like they're in in like a, a Chevette or something like that, some sort of small car yep. in, in parked near a park. Yep. And you can see it rocking. And Matthew Broderick is just talking, blah, 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 just all Matthew Brodericking. Yeah. Right. Just talk, 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 talk. Oh, and then I went over here. Blah, blah, blah. And you can hear. And then all of a sudden you hear her say, you hear Molly Ringwald says, you know, can you shut up now? I'm trying to come. <laughs> and it was just this, oh my God, Molly Ringwald, what's happened to you? It was like this earth shattering thing. It's like, yeah. and she didn't exactly, like it's a bit of a rougher role, I guess, for her than yep. Pretty in Pink, but yep. it just didn't fly. Like she couldn't. Yeah. yeah, I guess she's one of those actresses who just can't break out of that. She's just so typified the 80s teen. Yeah. It couldn't break out. What else is on the list of John Candy films there? Uh, well, the only other one I can think of that is, uh, you know, maybe the greatest one that he was involved in, yep. not starring, is The Canadian Conspiracy. Okay. And, you know, it's very, it's, it's, it's now, you talk about dangerous films. Yeah. And I think that The Canadian Conspiracy is one of those films that is very dangerous in this day and age because it's a mockumentary that has many of the SCTV people and um, they used to play it on city TV a lot in the middle yep. of the, in the middle of the night. Yep. And it has every Canadian star at the time, circa 1980, whatever. Yep. So the premise was was that Canada was slowly taking over the United States by way of the entertainment business. Yep. Lorne Green was the the kingpin. Just sort of a comment on just how many Canadian actors and comedians there are. Yeah. Right. And and the big ones, and we're still that's still true. Yeah. Like some of the biggest actors are Canadian. Some of the biggest icon actors yeah. are Canadian. well, Jim Carrey, maybe not so much now, but but huge, huge, you know, Canadian. So like Lauren Green, uh, how some of our young viewers won't know, but he was <laughs> called the voice of doom during World yeah. War II yeah. for the CBC, and then again he became, talking about deep voice people, he had he, a very booming, a theatrical voice. I'm sure he started at Stratford. Yeah, well, he did, and yeah. and reporting on uh, you know all the terrible things that were happening during World War II, right. and then when he announced that the World War was over, he they renamed him the Voice of Canada, right? And then he became the dad on Bonanza. Yeah, yeah, uh, pa. Yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty good. That's a pretty good gig. Yeah, and he was uh, Adama in uh, the original Battlestar Battle Galactica. Galactica. Yeah, and so you know the premise was was that he was the kingpin, Lauren Green. Yeah. 
<laughs> and through Lorne Green, you would get a green card. Ah, I see. They're, maybe they're connecting the dots. And then <laughs> the other empire that was infiltrating the States was this comedy empire yeah. run by Lorne Michaels, mm. another Canadian, mm. Saturday Night Live. Two Lorne's. And so Lorne, Lorne, green, <laughs> green. And they would make all these comparisons. Yeah. And so they had Eugene Levy in like a, a motel room and he was the rat. He uh, was the one who was talking to the reporter, he's telling spilling it, he's right? spilling his guts, <laughs> you know, and he's worried that they're going to kill him. Yeah. And, you know, they got Margot Kidder in there. They have yeah. all everybody from SCTV. Yeah. And they're all acting like Eugene who? Like, you know, when they're being asked about the things that Eugene Levy are saying, everybody's denying ever knowing him. Right. It was hilarious. And right. it was all about us taking over the, the business in the, the, the United States by way of the entertainment business. Right. And so the fear right now as a danger spot is that if Donald Trump happens to see this film, yeah. he may wage war on us. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Hollywood yeah. of the North is going to be a target. Either that or Canadian bacon. <laughs> exactly. Where they're going to, it's a very likely, you know, how, when was that made? Like fucking 10 years ago, Canadian bacon? Yeah. No, well, it's an all too likely fucking possibility that, <laughs> you know, some scandals coming up with Donald Trump again, right? They'll, they're they're, they're going to connect the dots with Russia. They're going to have pictures of him pissing on those Russian hookers. So what's he right. going to do as a distraction, as they do in Canadian bacon? He's going to fucking invade Canada. Yep, he's gonna. The first thing he's gonna do, I'm gonna put out a hit on John Candy. <laughs> Kill that guy. I want that guy killed. Uh, sir, he's already dead. <laughs> I don't care. Kill him kill again. again. <laughs> Dig him up and kill him. Kill him again. I was up uh, here at this on this very rooftop. Uh, I had a friend over yesterday, and uh, just exactly the same setup. Now I'm facing you. I'm I'm facing the, towards Lake Ontario. You're doing another podcast with somebody else? No. Oh. I would never do that, Jack. Okay, thank you. I would never step out on you with another <laughs> podcaster. But uh, so I was sitting here talking with him, and just as we were talking, I saw uh, like a, I believe it was a Canadian government, not a military one, but a part of the Canadian government. It was for that very dark gray livery, you know, that's right. the color of it. A big cargo plane went flying across the horizon, and just in that second, when I was talking with my, with my friend, I just suddenly thought it came, became clear to me, it's actually a possibility that we get invaded. Yeah. Right? Like, it sounds fucking like a conspiracy theory, but then you look at uh, the United States, you know, they've got a record, like, recent, in the last 20 years, they invaded Afghanistan and they invaded Iraq, two sovereign countries, and they just fucking roll in. And these days, you don't need congressional oversight. They just, the president just declares fucking war. Yep. So it's a, it's a possibility. It's just something I don't think should be discounted, man. Well, if, did you look on that plane? Did you see it? Did on the side, was it painted the Enola LGBTQ? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> There's my reach. It's my reach, man. That's pretty good. It took me a second. <laughs> it took me a second to figure that out. I got to drop the bomb, the gay bomb, <laughs> the nude bomb, like uh, Get Smart. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I have to, we have to look, have to keep an eye out for that, and uh, hopefully, this podcast, this episode, has uh, given some people some ideas of doing a retrospective. You know, pick up some movies with John Candy because he's a, you know, in all by all accounts, a genuine guy in real life, and just all the roles he plays: Uncle Buck, the guy in planes, trains, and automobiles, Only the Lonely, Home Alone, Home Alone. So he was the heart stripes. of that film. You know, he's just got a genuine likability. Like you just see, like we're I'm talking about actors where you don't really fucking see an inner life. 
But with John Candy, you know, you look at him and you sort of see the person John Candy is that's a compliment to the character he's playing, right? It yeah. just makes it really brilliant. Brilliant and accessible and great to watch. And you can sympathize with him even if he's a dodgy character like Uncle Buck. He's the guy to go to for that. And it's a crying shame when he died. So sad. Yeah. But, you know, we've got us like we've covered him this episode. We've got, he's, there's a library of great films you can pick up and relive his candiness. The sweetness of John Candy. Candy. That's what I'm going to call this podcast. (laughs) But uh, anyway, I think we better wrap it up. So uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank Chad for coming out here on my beautiful rooftop and braving the helicopters and go trains and fire trucks and the drone of the occasional uh, streetcar that's probably behind us on King Street. Nice. And uh, I'm going to ask people to please uh, rate and subscribe to this podcast, whatever you're listening to it on. Please just give us a click because uh, we really need the uh, uh, the approval. We're b- b- both a couple of really shallow, uh, very egotistical uh, people that really need constant psychological stroking. So please. Validation is very we need important. Valid- yeah, we need val- external validations. We really have no inner uh, identity ourselves. So uh, please click and subscribe, and uh, you can check out nerdstocking.com. That's our website. We've slaved over to uh, bring you the perfect uh, uh, online experience. It's got all of our uh, previous episodes in a list, and you can check out our uh, videos that we posted, and uh, you can check out our social media feeds and all that stuff. So Subscribe to YouTube. And, yeah, subscribe to YouTube because we need subscribers. They're robbing us of our... Uh, our uh, God-given, um, uh, what do you call that? <laughs> Clicks, <laughs> money. Our God-given are you, uh, Google. Are you a rap singer? YouTube. God money. gave me these clicks, <laughs> and they yeah. took them away. So uh, do that, and watch blo- a John Candy film, and blow up real good. Hello again from Election Central. This is Floyd Robertson. And in case you haven't already heard, Mellonville West was the hot district in today's election. Shirley McLennan Black just overtaking Jack Brown for that all-important seat. Johnny LaRue's showing was a disappointment, to say the least. Well, I guess you expect me to say uh, it was a good, clean race and uh, that the best man won. (laughs) Or broad, as the case may be. You're not going to hear that from me. Nope. I'm bitter. I'm real bitter. But I learned something from all of this. I learned that the good people of Mellonville are all idiots. Good people are nothing more than dirt farmers. You don't know a good thing when you see it. Now get out of here. Clean out. Come on. Pack it up. Move on. <laughs>